0: Chapter 13 of Secretary Hawkins in Cuba. This is a Box recording. All Box recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreBox.org. Secretary Hawkins in Cuba by Secretary Hawkins. Fatal Quest for Treasure I shall never forget that night. Link's father had gone back to the cabin, up in the racks, and we went aboard the boat, where Gabriel announced that our berths had been made and we could retire when we wished. Lucio ordered all to bed at once, and the lights were put out. The narrow bed that I found in the cabin was snug and comfortable, but i could not sleep i thought of all the things that had happened that day and evening and wondered what it all meant the strains of that sweet voice singing in the dark somewhere up in casanova's wrecks, still rang in my ears and here too i wondered what was the meaning of that sweet voiced ghost whose happy song was cut short by a cry of terror. Yes, that scream, too, still is with me as I write. The sound of that singing voice had an effect upon all of us. But it was Link's father who heard it first, and it made him strangely excited. And Link as well. But, I reasoned, that was natural since both father and son were uneducated and superstitious and the ghostly reputation of these wrecks had made them very nervous but i could not understand the signaling that was flashed with a lantern by someone in the pilot house of our boat nor was i certain that gabriel was the person who swung the lantern to and fro True, one of the engine room men had said so, but when we came aboard, Gabriel was found at his place below, and the pilot house was empty. What was the explanation? So I tossed upon my bed with these puzzling thoughts until I decided that I could not sleep and remembered a book that I had just received From a bookseller back home, a friend of my dad's, I knew that book was in the inner packet of my jacket and got out of bed and turned on the light. I got the book and was just propping myself in bed to read when the door opened and Doug waters entered, dressed ready for sleep. For the Lord's sake, Hawkins, He whispered, didn't you hear the orders for all lights out? Lucio would be terribly angry if he knew this. Doug switched off the light. I couldn't sleep, Doug, I said, so I thought I would read a while. There are too many things going around in my mind to let me settle down to rest tonight. Doug came over and sat on the edge of my berth. ''Same here, boy,'' he said. ''I wish we were all back safe in Kentucky.'' ''How long will we stay on these racks, Doc?" I asked. ''Tomorrow evening we will be back at Villa Casanova,'' said Doc. ''I was for going back tonight, but Lucio had his mind set to explore these racks tomorrow.'' So, of course, I had to let him have his way. What do you think of... Shut up. Listen. There came the sound of stealthy footsteps outside on deck. Duck and I stooped low as they slowly passed by the porthole window of my cabin, and we waited until they had died out at the other end of the boat wonder who's prowling on board at this hour whispered dak i tell you hawkins i've never felt safe for a single minute that i have been in cuba get down again here they come back once more the footsteps approached but this time for some reason they stepped and we heard whisperings right under the porthole window i listened and tried to catch a few words but when I did I knew that the conversation was being carried on in Spanish and I saw Doc lean over and place his ear against the wall it lasted for about five minutes and then I heard the whispering step and the sneaking footfalls shifted away one going toward the bow and the other toward the stern, so it seemed. Two strange cronies, Hawkins, said Dak softly. What do you think they were talking about? Search me, Dak, I haven't learned enough Spanish yet to understand that kind of lingo. You never will learn that kind, said Doc. It was all I could do to understand them. ''But I gather that they are going on a sort of excursion tonight.'' ''Tonight?'' I repeated. ''Yes, tonight. They are going to make themselves rich.'' So they said. One of them says he had the secret of the hiding place of Casanova's chest of riches. The other didn't seem to believe him at first. But he finally has talked him into going along, and they're going to make a try for it tonight. They are going on their way now to get the tools they will need. The door softly opened, and I sat stiff with a sudden fright. For a moment, I imagined that it had opened of itself. I could not see anybody, for it was dark. What with all these stories of pirates' ghosts and pirates' treasure, I was beginning to believe that any minute I might see one of these phantoms walk in upon me. Are you alone, Hawkins? How relieved was I to hear the pleasant voice of Uncle Luciev? No, Doug Waters is here with me. Ah, oh, that's good. I was about to go to his stateroom. I thought perhaps you would like to make a little trip up the racks with me. You will have company, laughed Doc. We just overheard two rogues planning to go up and... Yes, broke in Lucio. I have been spying on them all night. I overheard the one trying to get my trusty man... In the engine room, but he wouldn't listen. So he picked out broken nose Diego. I guess you heard as much as I, for I had to lay curled up in a coil of rope near the stern while you were right here beside them as they talked. But come, or they will have the start of us. Deck held Lucio as he turned to go slowly slowly he said what good is there in it why should we dog the heels of two cuban trumps who are bent on such a fool's errand the one man is a smart fellow doctor replied lucio seriously he was called el capitan by the sailors who used to work with him on the Jamaica steamers, and he may or he may not know something about a treasure on these wrecks. I never let a thing like this get by without investigating. If there should be a chest of gold buried in these wrecks, it belongs to the man who owns the wrecks, and the wrecks belong to the estate of my nephew, Lincoln Lambert, I am going to save that treasure for him, that is, if it is a treasure and not a mere fairy tale. Good, said Dak. That puts a different light on the thing. Wait, till I get dressed. I'll be with you in five minutes. May I go along, Uncle Lucio? I asked eagerly. Lucio chuckled. I'd like to have you, Hawkins, but what does your doctor say? Dak laughed low. Hawkins won't suffer from it, he said. He's different than most boys, Lucio. If you don't think he will trouble you, why let him come? No trouble to me, said Lucio, a pleasure rather. And so it was that I went with them. I got into my clothes faster than I ever did, and as I stepped into the passage, I saw Doc and Lucio coming. Doc stepped to look at Link and Will, who were sleeping in the rooms next to mine, and closing the door softly on each of my pals. He came toward us saying, I don't like to go anywhere without that skinny kid. But it wouldn't do his nerves any good to take a night jaunt up these racks. He is about worn out now, and Will Standish is sleeping so soundly. I doubt if a cannon shot would wake him. Come on, said Lucio. They are very safe here. My trusty man is watching everything, although no one suspects I have a spy aboard. Hurry, or these treasure seekers will escape us. We reached the shore safely and without arousing any of the sleeping men below and started out after the two workmen. They were far ahead of us, and the night was so dark that all we could see was their light moving slowly up the winding path. A high wind was coming up, and the waves far down the bay dashed their foam high over the racks and boomed like cannons. We walked briskly, for the night air was chilled by the wind from seaward, and walking kept us warm. We kept our eyes on the slowly moving lantern light, carried by the men we were following and at times it would appear to go out, and we would lose sight of it only to see it reappear a little farther on the path. The time for night, the booming of the sea, the whistling of the wind, the remembrance of the ghost story, all of it seemed to be chipping in to make me feel nervous. Duck, who was holding my hand, said, Are you cold, Hawkins? Mm, No, I said, shivering. Well, what on earth are you shaking for? I don't know, I answered, but I couldn't stop shivering. I just seemed to have the chills. But we reached a level place at last, where we halted to rest a little, for the climb was steep and rash we backed into a hollow side of rock to shield ourselves from the strong winds that came from the sea all of a sudden doc said the light's gone they've given us the slip lucio no said lucio there is a bend up there we had better be moving on to pick up their light before they go into some hole that we would be able to find. So up we went again, and soon turned the band Lucio had spoken of. And there was a light dancing on ahead of us. Lucio walked ahead now, as the path grew narrow. They must stop soon, he said, half to himself. They cannot go farther than Casanova's doom what's casanova's doom lucio asked Doc. the wreck from which casanova is said to have been cast into the sea replied lucio see that's it the one sticking its nose out over the bay they are stopping now i said and it was so they had reached the flat top of the huge wreck that Lucio had called Casanova's doom. The light stopped moving, and I knew they had stood their lantern on the rack. Will we go up? asked Doc. No, said Lucio. Come in here. We will be able to see a little soon. See, there is a glow in the sky. The moon is coming through. The wind is dying down. It's lucky for us. And it was as Lucio had said. We stood under a ledge where he had taken us. And from our place of concealment, we could see the entire tap of the wreck. While we ourselves were hidden from view. And gradually, the clouds shifted and the pale moon peeped out. In a few minutes, there was a pale light thrown on the wreck and we could see the two men on hands and knees. As if they were looking for a mark they would find somewhere on top of that big wreck. Once in a while there would come to our ears the sound of a hammer clinking on a chisel, then more crawling around, and then more clink-clink-clink of iron upon iron. Bless me if I can believe there is a treasure there, in that solid wreck," said Doc Waters in a low voice. "What do you think, Lucio? I have stopped thinking. I'm willing to be shown. Oh, sure, of course," said Doc. "But don't expect them to chisel a treasure chest out of the wreck, my boy." Lucio did not answer. He had his eyes turned, peering steadily into the dim shadows beyond the rack, were separated from the flat tap by a white crevice. Another pinnacle rose to a greater height. I was so struck by the look on Lucio's face that I watched him instead of the two shapes that crawled on the flat table of the rack. And then I looked, and I saw. Yes, I saw it coming. From the darkness beyond, I saw a silent, shapeless thing flit swiftly from the gloom and sweep like a shadow across the wreck. I heard one of the men scream and leap to his feet, but the thing was upon him and he fell. The other fellow, now upon his feet, struck at the shapeless shadow with the hammer he held but it pushed him back 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 ah to the edge of the casanova's doom and there it seemed to fall upon him and cover him with its shadow but he fought it off and backed away too late we heard him shriek and saw him topple off the rack down 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 and there the darkness covered him and though we listened we heard no splash for it is a far fall oh god cried dark waters in heaven's name what is it lucio but lucio could not answer we were all too horrified to speak we strained our eyes for the shapeless shadow that had shoved the man off the edge of the rack but it was gone there Above us, on the wreck, lay the other man. As though he were dead, together we rushed out of our place and went to him. Ah," oh, said Lucio, it is broken-nosed Diego. Then it was El Capitan who went over the wreck. Look, see, he breathes. He is not much hurt, but has fainted. Duckwaters waters was wiping the perspiration from his brow with a big handkerchief and breathing hard. Oh, Lord, he said, I never saw anything like this in my life, Lucio. What could it have been? The ghost of Casanova, said a soft voice. We looked up. There, standing behind us, was Gabriel. and of chapter 13.